Here's the deal, I'm the best there is. Well, Lottie frickin' God! You can't handle the truth! I'm gonna have a RPP! It's a big, hairy American winning machine. What do you want to do with your life? Too bad on those really would- I can't wait to shit my pants. I wish you could just shut your big yapper! You know, I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about changing that uh, that Steve Carell part of the opening, and just put in there Joe Byron bumbling. Oh, that part where Carell's like, bleh, 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 bleh. Bleh, 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 bleh. yeah, you know how he he yeah. does it on the show. I yeah. like that. See if you can find a good clip of Joe doing that. How about the Build Back Better 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 Plan? <laughs> that was it. a That's great one. Do. That's the one I love it. The Build Better 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 Back Plan. You're like, what the. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Long Chair Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Weather, and of course, in studio tonight is my brother, Bradley Weather. Captain Unicorn is somewhere out there in Unicorn Land. Don't really care. He didn't be very nice to me when I was gone, so I'm just taking a jab at him. Anyways, hey, we're sitting on the psychiatrist's long chair tonight, having a couple of steaks, and we're just talking about some world issues and American issues going on, and we're going to write some common sense prescriptions for a healthier America. Brad, let's get us going. Isn't the unicorn, isn't he throwing money away in a building where a a circle wheel goes around that's black and red and a ball bounces around in it? And you say money on this or money on that. Isn't that that where the unicorn's at right now? Uh, I don't actually believe so tonight. I believe, (laughs) uh, believe it or not, he's at church, which uh, good for him. I Um, don't buy it. No way. It's nope, unicorns it's don't go to church. church. Well, it's not a normal church night either. I mean, that's no. the other thing. It's, uh, you know, it's yeah. not a normal church night. So hmm. that's, uh, you why know, I think, that's what that's he so says, I, and I'll go with it. Uh, you know, I, I think that's, I think he's not at church. I think he's at the casino, or as my just, sister-in-law calls it, the Nino. And uh, the I Nino. think the Nino. And I think he's uh, betting and gambling and putting some money on Black Fifteen. Or red, you 20, are funny. one or the other. You are funny. Just so you yeah. know, just a clarification, point of clarification, share. Point um, of clarification. Point of clarification. There is two spots on the wheel that are green. Is it zero or what? what is it that is green? Those are the ot and double ot. And that's because I, and uh, I enjoy ot. the game, but I, I do not gamble very often. I'm a kind of once every couple of year casino guy, like every five. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> Talk about it every year, but never. Well... Are you a, are you the kind of guy that says one thing five years ago and then now says something totally different, or do you do you say something and your friends say, "Huh, I think I'm going to take that on as a as a philosophy," and then five years later say, "You're absolutely wrong. You're the most vile person on earth." Do you do that? Uh, no, that's not normal. All right. Well, the Democrats do. Well, we call that. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Her researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tampering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, <laughs> directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing 
different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risks. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol. Um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software, like Windows XP in 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. I think that was every Democrat in the legislature, wasn't it? Well, I'm, I can't believe you got the clip of Kamala Harris openly admitting that they actually watched them, brought in hackers who hacked the systems right in front of them and changed it. And now we have all these people going absolutely the most uh, you know, what did they say? Most secure election in American history. And I'm like, ever you've got to be ever, ever. I'm like, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. Like unbelievable. And yet here they are. This is what I tell people and people go, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. Just like when you tell people that Joe Biden was pushing and voted for segregation in like 1976 or something, I mean, or 79 or whatever year it was, but he voted for segregation. Just like all these Democrats, Ted Lieu was in there. Uh, Senator Ron Wyden, who's a big mouth, um, who was all into this. Um, you know, you had Sheila Jackson Lee was in it. They're all these big mouths. Just angers me, frustrates me, because we should well, be able to be on the same page on this and all agree that the machines are, are vulnerable. They can be hacked by whoever the best hacker is on which party and yada, yada, because they'll tell you Al Gore got hacked. And Klobuchar of my state said that that you could easily hack and it might look like they're doing something different, but in actuality, they're controlling the elections. And then Ted Lieu said, all you have to do is change two counties in one swing state, maybe two, but or one or two counties within those swing states, and you could change the elections and you could have a different president. That happened in 2020. The Republicans groaned about it. And what do the Democrats say? You're an election denier. Denier. Denier, yes. So are all these people election deniers back in 2016, 2015, whatever it was? 100%. 100% they were. And the sad part is, is here's the truth. I agree with you. I do think this stuff was hacked back in 2016. The only difference is y'all didn't expect Trump to get as many votes as he got. That was the difference. Your pre-programmed algorithm did not work. Well, you you know what they did here is they found out how easily it was to hack. And it only took one of those crazy people to say, you realize we can win all the elections in the future by controlling this. And they got that company on their side. And now that company just won a lawsuit, right? Yep. And as I've said before, all you have to do is say something 
crazy. And then I've got to explain that you're not right and I'm right and I'm losing because nobody wants to listen to all of that. Nope. That's, that's really it. You have to explain it. And they don't like having explanation. Um, it's really sad. But, you know, Dominion's losing. I will give that fresh, fresh ray of sunshine coming. Um, Dominion openly admitted that they are losing clients left and right and that they are – there's a lot of uh, getting rid of the machines. And even Arizona just banned them. And the governor vetoed it, and the Senate overrode it. So good for Arizona. Uh, they will not be using the machines in 2024. Most excellent. We'll get some real results in Arizona now. Yeah, but the question is, will they look at three? Will they look at three hundred thousand ballots in three seconds? Will they be able to still <laughs> verify? I'm curious. Will they still be able to verify three hundred thousand mailed in at votes? And check those signatures in three seconds, because that was unprecedented time. Good. How Lord. many was it? Two hundred and seventy-eight thousand votes, or was it two hundred eighty-seven? Something like that. Whatever. Yeah, one of those. Absurd number. I'm, I'm transposing one of those. I believe it was two hundred and seventy-eight thousand were okay, we'll go with that. verified within three seconds. That is seconds. physically impossible. Yeah. And they're telling us this, we can't count ballots fast enough. I'm like, huh? How could you not? It doesn't take that long. Three seconds for 278,000 votes? Look, if people on the Democrat side and people on the Republican side both agree that these machines are a problem, then why can't we get enough counters? Call me crazy. Why can't we get representatives from both parties to oversee the process? Right. Why is it only one party gets to oversee the process? All the time. All right, so... We're going to do something different here. There's been so many times where I hear somebody say something in public and I just want to go over to them and say, you realize you're absolutely wrong. And <laughs> now I now I have this Democratic, uh, I can just say, watch my podcast for whatever day it is. You'll, you'll hear all the Democrats saying that the voter machines are. So I want to, I want to try something new here. And it, it may not work. It may work. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to let I, I came across a Facebook Facebook video of someone that made outlandish um, accusations. And some of them, I got to be honest, I, I don't know the history perfectly. So I, I wanted to see, um, are they right? But I thought what we could do is kind of go through it. I'll stop it. She speaks very fast, so we may have to um, kind of tell people w what they're saying. This is a lady, I believe she's from Atlanta, if I remember correctly. I think she says she's in Georgia, and she definitely has an opinion about Florida, about the Democratic Party, about the Republican Party and how a white man has held the black community down. So are you okay with this? Do you want to play it through once and then go back like we did last podcast? Or do you want to just kind of go through, stop it, then start Let's over? Play. Let's, Let's play, play ball. Let's play ball. Hey, y'all, what's up? It's Friday, so I'm going to keep it black, but I'm going to keep it brief. This one's going to be a doozy. It's given Jim Crow. You remember them states that tried to secede from the union that one time? Losers. Well, in the past week or so, a few of them actually passed or proposed some legislation. So some states that tried to secede, didn't California say they wanted out of the United States? 
Yes. Okay. Just wanted to just want to make that clear because I think uh, there's other states like Texas was saying that they're done with uh, the wokeness of America and they want it out. But I just wanted to make it clear that uh, California also said that. So, all right, continuing. Okay. It's straight from Lovecraft Country. And at this point, it's just silly. Florida is literally trying to outlaw the Democratic Party. I just want to pause briefly to let y'all know that Ron DeSantis is down there sanctioning the banning of books. Teachers' bookshelves have been cleared out by force. Get out now. One of them senators proposed the ultimate cancel act. So... Wait for <laughs> that was a lie. That's a flat-out lie. Good Lord. Show me one school that had their books cleared out. Good Lord. They have had their books, some of the books taken off the shelves at the behest of the government. The government has told them to do that. Um, But they gave them the flexibility to actually read the books and decide which ones should be taken off. And then they have a hit list on there, like the book that we... um, featured on one of our previous podcasts that says uh, everything is normal or it's normal or something like that. They they have a list of books that they want out of the school libraries, but it wasn't by force. It was, hey guys, these are books that we believe are not good for kids. We want these out, but any other ones that you feel like maybe should come out, they can come out too. But they're books on pornography. It wasn't, it wasn't just any book. It was pornographic books. Let's get the story straight. Yep, that is the that is the story. That is absolutely the the and story. She's a liar. That. Yeah, I mean, she's trying to sensationalize it. I get that, but in the same sense, let's get it right. And this is where I was saying: you hear somebody say something, you just want to go over and tell them, ah, uh, no. And as far as the Republicans trying to, or Ron DeSantis trying to get rid of the Democratic party i'm sorry young lady that you're affiliated with the democratic party but what the legislation says if your party promoted slavery in the past then you it, that's an illegal act and you should not be a legitimate party now that's not to say that you can't form a new party and denounce slavery but if you were part of it unlike the Republican Party that was formed to get rid of it. So that's why she's saying that the DeSantis is trying to get rid of the Democratic Party. So again, she's sensationalizing it. That's that's good politics by DeSantis. I mean, I'm serious. That's good legislative politics by DeSantis. You want to get back at the Democrats for their shenanigans? Break up their party, force it, have it done. But see, here's what she doesn't get. This isn't a DeSantis thing. You just said it passed the legislation. So this isn't a DeSantis thing. This went through based on what the people wanted because their their legislators were selected. Their representatives are selected by the people. So the majority of the people said, yeah, we don't like this party. We don't like slavery. So if you were affiliated with it, you can't be a party. We, We can't condone that. And if you're a Democrat and you want to run around and call all Republicans or all white people racist, well, then right. let's let's be real. Your yeah. party was pro, pro-slavery. So uh, your there party you go. Is, the, is the KKK. I yep. mean, hello, look at Hillary Clinton. Beard can backtrack all he wants, but the man was a Klansman. We all yeah. know what he did. She's out there promoting, you know, giving a eulogy for him. You know, we know Biden voted for segregation. I mean, there's so many things that the Democrats still do today that people ignore. And I'm just like, I can't believe it. Just like I said, they they were all, all of them were, we did in our last show, all of them were all about 
no gay marriage, a man and a wife. This is a sanctity thing. And yet, yeah, Bill, Bill showed Hillary was sanctity. Um, a few other people in a different position with yeah. a cigar. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's move on here. The approved status of a state political party. Oh, hell. If that party, you cannot be serious, <laughs> has ever been pro-slavery. <gasps> I know you Lying. See, they tried to use a loophole because technically the Democrats were a Southern party during the era of slavery and therefore were pro-slavery. Emphasis on word. And at that time, Republicans, under the orders of Abraham Lincoln, the man who gave the Emancipation Proclamation and subsequent Reconstruction orders, were helping newly free Black people get on their feet. Uh, why are you I'm disagreeing with it? Yeah, your your party, you just said, was pro-slavery. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Barely. They was rationing out basic necessities, denying resources to women with children without husbands, and signing them up for sharecropping to meet job requirements. See, now that's a out-and-out out lie. That's a, a falsity. Um, if you look back at a book and you read the book, and uh, I, I mean, you, I don't think you can name a time in the U.S. history where we're not trying to create jobs, right? But signing someone up for sharecropping because they lost their husband and that's the job that they know. I, I read a. I went to the slavery website, and they talk about sharecropping there. So this is directly from the black community. Do you have any idea what percent of sharecroppers after the Civil War were black? I don't know. It's got to be around half, 30%, 40%. One third, 33%. Okay. Two thirds of sharecroppers after the Civil War were poor white people. Okay, interesting. And now she's got, the, this is the job that they know. They are now giving them the ability to share in the revenues of that crop instead of just working for someone for an hourly wage. And she's got a problem with it. Yeah. You, you just, I, I you can't do, you can't do enough. People are always going to slap you in the hand no matter what you do for them because it's never going to be enough. Why? Because their hand is out looking for something. And you, Florida, of all people. And what's crazy to me is the bridge you tried to build from A to Z to get to Z and tell your kids one day that you were the party that finally did something about this country's inaction against the atrocities of slavery. I think that's a pretty fair statement, don't you? I mean, going from A to Z and then Z to A, you forgot the middle part there that the party was formed to get rid of slavery so right. yeah i can tell my kids that proudly that i am part of the republican party that got rid of slavery that now is created, our party perfect but was created to get rid of slavery on the ideal yes of getting rid of slavery yes but yet they're the party of racists i'm like i don't the mental gymnastics on this is just it's it's atrocious. I, I can't keep going though. I got. <laughs> she's she's We're running out of time. So she's slapping going. you on the hand for buying her gum because it wasn't the most expensive gum. It's, crazy. it's ab absolutely crazy. Here we go. And since your kids won't have any books to read about otherwise, they just might believe you. Because what you won't say is at that time, Democrats practiced Jacksonian democracy, built on white supremacy, named for the same man that forcibly removed natives off their land and literally sent them packing on the trail of tears. And if that wasn't wretched enough, he instructed military forces to send them off with blankets to keep warm. Whole time had them joints laced with smallpox and efforts to literally commit genocide under the guise of hospitality. White people will do anything. What you also won't say because you don't read your damn self and don't bother to know the history of your own political party is that Jacksonian democracy died with 
slavery did. Talk to him. <laughs> wow. She says it with such reverence Perfect. and she says it with such force. Um, what's your name? Lene Vanny. Uh, the Jacksonian democracy Gosh, ended moral. in 1854. I don't know if you've read your books and passed the wow. test, but the Civil War ended in 1865. So, no, those two did not happen at the same time. So this is one of those things where you you hear somebody and you go, that's not right. You actually believe that? Do you have any idea what Jacksonian democracy was? The the people that affiliated with that party, it was made up of other parties like radicalism, Jeffersonianism, liberalism, uh, majority rule, Ism. manifest destiny, populism. Does that that all sounds familiar from today, right? Spoils system, which is this, if you create a system that uh, works and there are spoils from it, you should be able to take those. Universal white male suffrage. I've never heard of that one. That's uh, that's an interesting one. And then utilitarianism. All of those theories, ideologies from the Jacksonian party merged into which party? The Democrats, clearly. Now, there were other people in that party like the anti-corruption and anti-elitism. Um, so they did get some things right, but um, the majority of them were kind of override the anti-corruption when you're saying that the majority rule. So, um, all right, let's continue playing this on. And that white supremacist rhetoric transferred into the Republican Party by way of controversy over how much the government could intervene and affect rich white people's money. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to the opposite of Captain Unicorn right now. Right? It's crazy. I mean, Wow. Okay. I'm... So it has nothing to do with affecting rich white people's money. It's a stance that they took. Now, if someone believes that you should not be a slave, they don't change their mind because the war is over, which is something I don't understand. Is it not enough? Lene Vani, you're asking for more. My ancestries believed in your freedom so much that some of them died for it. Some of them gave the absolute sacrifice. They made their families live without them for years. And that isn't enough for you. You can't take the ball from there and run and score a touchdown with it. Man, I ain't got That's time true. for you. That's crazy. Let me break it down. Prior to the Civil War, the Republican Party was number one brand new in favor of the Northern states and therefore industrialization. That's how white people could be anti-slavery but not pro-black at the same time because slavery was just messing with their money. You follow? <laughs> wow. Uh, so I'm all sorry. These white people died in that war so rich people could have their money. I mean, that's a pretty big stretch. That has nothing to do with it. The northern I'm states sure the soldiers weren't fighting that way. Right? The northern states did not partake primarily. Now New York did a little bit, but uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, you wouldn't have found slaves, but they didn't they didn't partake in the industry. They partook in other industries which flourished during the Civil War and after the Civil War. So I, I, where she's coming from, I think, again, she's trying to uh, demonize the, the white male and she's trying to take 
some items and trying to merge them and create something totally different that is absolutely not even close to what it is. Yeah, she's not good at connecting dots, I'm telling you right now. She call it, She did not stay in the lines when it when kindergarten. No, to color. no, not at all. Following? Cool. By 1877, only 12 years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, those same Republicans helping black people in the South said, I've done enough, packed up their things and got the hell on by direct orders from Republican President Rutherford B. Hayes. And ever since, they hadn't seen any sense in helping black people because their problems were a regional issue and most of the United States was white anyway, so who cares? And on the other side of it all was... So, so now the guys that lost were supposed to do something different? Well, I mean, if you if you look up the history of this, Rutherford B. Hayes was basically Bush and running against basically Al Gore. So there were a few states down in the South that after the Civil War, they were refusing to work with the northern states. And so their elections were less than uh, trustworthy, I guess is the way to say it. And the only way to move the country forward was to take those people that were assigned as governors of the state to take them out and let the states control their own state. After the Civil War, the union put union officers in charge of, as governors, in charge of the states or overseeing the people that were monitoring the states. And in order for them to say, yes, we screwed up the election because we don't like you, um, but we'll let you be president. Rutherford B. Hayes had to take those people that were monitoring the South out of those states, which is basically the federal government getting out of the state's issues, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, there, yep. Yes, there was a state issue that uh, we're enslaving people, so we needed to be there for some time. But it wasn't about them saying that we don't care about the black people. They fully expected, since they the states agreed that they would follow the laws and that black people had rights and, and uh, were able to vote and those types of things, that they that would be taken care of. Now, humans being humans, they didn't actually do that in every state. And that's what she's complaining about. And now she's going to go after capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. Rich white industrialists in the North who used to be in favor of big government, you know, to win the Civil War, were getting increasingly uncomfortable with how much government power was expanding. It's a bit of a story, but we almost there. You want some more tea? So anyway, you know they was mad when the Great Depression came in the 30s, and FDR started promising all these government handouts and government intervention programs. Sorry, what, what party is uh, FDR? Uh, he was a Democrat, thank you. Hey, thank you. Back yeah. to timeline. Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Was the last. What, what party was uh, Lyndon B. Another Johnson? Another Democrat. And how much did he like the black community? He didn't. He was the mm. one dude that said the N word in the Oval Office, I believe. Yes, absolutely. He's the one that allegedly said that he'll have these N words voting Democrat for the next 100 years. There was a whole rumor that he was a Klansman. I'm just saying, the Democrats are dumb, boy. They get fooled. They have been getting fooled. They're as dumb as when George Bush tried to explain, fool me once, fool me twice. But moving on. 
straw. Mayor Goldwater responded by saying that this was just another unconstitutional stretch of the government's power. And that, my friends, is how the vast majority of Black voters became Democrats and why the Democratic Party began supporting Black issues. One might try to say that the Republicans signed the first Civil Rights Act of 1866, a.k.a. the 14th Amendment, but that, my friends, was just a formality to finalize the end of slavery and the beginning of the American Industrial Revolution. So again, I didn't buy you the most expensive gum, so you don't like it? No. The, the 14th Amendment was to give you your freedom. So... Yeah, that, I don't that was a constitutional amendment that over or supersedes that. That actually was the legislation that gave you your freedom, but those southern pesky states that didn't think you should have your freedom, they weren't following along. So we needed to have civil rights acts of 57, 60, yes. and 64 because you didn't listen the first few times. That's right. your party, Lenavini. Said these folks stop playing with us. We not dumb. But then there's Mississippi. Home to the highest percentage dumb. of black people in any state, in the entire country. They proposed a bill that would create an entirely new court system to hear civil and criminal cases. And since the good citizens of Mississippi have not been able to elect a black person to a statewide office since the Reconstruction period, every single last one of these judges and prosecutors would be white. Talking about they trying to improve safety and lower the homicide rate in Jackson. When they've also expanded the control of state-run police in the so that that is true. There has not been a uh, black person that has been a politician. Uh, only recently in the last 10 years do I believe that they have actually elected a, a black person to the legislature. She is correct at that time there were no uh, there were no black politicians. If I remember correctly, the way the story really goes is that the black people wanted their own court systems because they felt that the whites were being harsher on blacks, which may be true, but that was the purpose of it. So to sit here and pin this on white people, I don't know that that's all right. I, I, I'd, I'd rather investigate the story again. Um, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I, I think I'm correct in the way I read the story. Well, and, and she's arguing about people wanting to create policies and laws that protect other people. And the reason for that is, is the police were less than kind to the black people down there. Uh, we all know that uh, what they did down there and the Klansmen and the Democratic Party, how they started oh, the yeah. Klan. And oddly enough, she goes into a report here. Well, let's let her say it. In the city, state-run police who haven't updated their use of force policy since 2006 and don't even wear body cams. And now I need to tell you this, but a recent study out of NYU suggests that cities with the largest populations of black people, <coughs> Jackson, do not see the same policing benefits as average cities. Homicide. That is absolutely not true. They do see the same policing. They just don't, they don't see it in the um, smaller crimes. And I'm wondering if that's because, like in Chicago, the gangs rule the southern part of the city. Any petty crimes that go on down there, they're not going to be taken taken care of. The cops are not going to go in there to get somebody's big will back for from some other family. Now, if someone gets shot in the homicide rates, they actually are better than the national average in urban cities, um, black communities, the the solving of the homicide rates is actually better on that NU report, but the smaller crimes are the ones that they're not seeing. But that's because like, if you've ever been to Chicago, they have that uh, Caprini green area where if you're a cop, you don't walk in there. It's, it's their area. They're, they're going to shoot you or take you out, out 
and run you out and beat the crap out of you and then put you on a curb. Um, so it it's those numbers are a little misleading, but uh, most of them are, are accurate. Suicide rates do not decrease and the arrest of black people on low level victimless crimes skyrocket. Tennessee, I'm off on your ass. Tennessee state legislator Paul Sherrill said with his whole chest on the House floor that they should bring back lynching. That is atrocious. Paul Sherrill, um, sadly, a Republican, he did actually say to a legislator who was proposing a bill, he was asking if they could add lynching as a punishment for crime. Well, I I think uh, lynching um, has its place. Um, Yeah, you're the guillotine guy, aren't you? Hey, I'm just telling you, when you get a politician that does something like a Hillary Clinton did, it might be time for a lynching. What? I want to go home. In a state with a grotesque history of lynchings, that lily white libertine fixed his mouth and suggests that they add hanging by tree to the list of methods of execution. (laughs) Help! I should win an Emmy for these. Tennessee also passed a bill to restrict public drag show performances. And somebody said loud as it's kept. Y'all not mad about drag because it's drag. Y'all mad about drag because it's gay. Absolutely. Is that why we're is that why we're mad about drag? Are we mad no. about drag? No, I'm not. I actually think drag no. shows, uh, adult performing drag show, uh, you know, where they sing and dance and do all that. I think it's quite uh, entertaining. It's like that movie, The Birdcage Theater, that Robin Williams did. I actually found it to be entertaining. Uh, but doing it in front of children. We got a problem, Houston. We have a problem. But if you've if you've been negative your whole life, of course you're going to say it that way. Where people like you and I have a problem is making marijuana legal before you have the legal system in place to stop human nature, and it's right. the same thing for this drag show. I don't mind people reading to kids. And I don't mind if they do the drag show at night. I'm probably never going to see it. But I, I, <laughs> I really appreciate those people wanting to read to kids. But why do you got to do it as a dra- in a drag uniform? Right. That's the problem I have right there. Bam. And whatever potential book you're reading. But I have a problem with it. I mean, if you so really are trying to help out the kids, don't dress up in drag. Just wear jeans and a T-shirt and go yeah. read books to kids. Yeah. Just go dress normal and go in there. If you, you have, Again, a police officer wears a uniform, a fireman wears a uniform. You have dress code at work, et cetera, et cetera. They have dress code at the school for teachers, et cetera, et cetera. If you're going to go in there and pretend you're a teacher for an hour, do it in the appropriate clothing. Well, and, and she's going to list shows here that are men dressing up in drag, but that's Hollywood's portrayal. That's not the Republican Party. So I'm not sure what her point is here, but let's let's listen. Doubtfire, hairspray, Tootsie, Jack Lennon won a golden glove for something like it hot. And black people, you too, lining up for the Big Mama House trilogy, the multiverse of Mabel Simmons, love you some Eddie Murphy, white chicks, and Shanae. When children, old people, and Negroes are getting murdered by gun violence and 12, but y'all crying wolf and misgender motherfuckers at the same time talking about grooming, when in fact you were in the midst of grooming more and more white nationalists yourselves. I felt like Nadia Comaneci in my head just doing all kinds of flips and twists and trying to stick the landing. I'm not, wow, that was tough. We're grooming white nationalists. Why is it always white nationalists? Why isn't it black nationalists ever? Why is it always white nationalists? I mean, is there something wrong with loving your country? I mean, I don't, like what they define as white nationalists, I don't even know anyone. So I looked this up for the the prep work. 
Yeah, I looked up the I looked up the definition um, for the prep work here. And what a white nationalist is defined as is someone that wants their country to only be white. Doesn't that sound like a white supremacist? Yeah, that sounds more like a white supremacist, not a nationalist. To me, a white nationalist is someone that loves, happens to be white, but loves their country, thinks their country is the greatest. Yeah, and wants to put their country before other countries. That's what I would think of. And they happen to be a Caucasian person. I mean, that's right. what I would say. Yep. I don't like this Why don't we? thing. Not yeah. So there are no black people that love their country or are nationalists. Every black person I know loves this country. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't know that Even I Even the ones uh, that vote Democrat. I mean, they love the country. You know, it's America. It's the land of the free. It's the place where you can say what you want. And you don't really have to worry about it unless you want to feel or hear some repercussions for what you said. Uh, it's it, That's the whole point of freedom of speech. But. The one thing she did say, though, is uh, she was talking about the uh, public hanging. I'm all in. I, I am. I, you know, that to me, I think it deters crime. I think the fact that you execute these heinous criminals and you don't show people what it, the end, I don't think you're, you're closing the chapter in the book and you're not teaching people and you're not deterring them. Right, because you have people running around saying, I mean, you get three meals in a cot. You know, it's they're acting like going to jail is not a big deal, when in actuality, going to jail is a big deal, and it sure. changes your life forever. Yeah, and I think if you if you do a public execution, and again, I'm not all in on the hanging. I'm a guillotine guy. I think uh, you want to do it uh, swift, and you want to do it humanely. Just lop it off and be done with it. That might sound a little, a little harsh, but that's what happens. Um, you know, to me, it's humane, and I think you end the problem quickly, and I think people would go, hmm, maybe I don't want to shoot somebody today. It might be a deterrent, you think, huh? I would like to see, but I think, it, you know, it needs to be one of those things where it's, you know, it, you got to have states that are willing to enforce it and have judges willing to enforce it, and when they do, crime will go down. You start publicly executing people for the crimes that they commit, murders that they commit against other people, or maybe you've got a, a five-time pedophile. Hey, I'm all in guillotine time. you got a serious <laughs> problem. We're going to stop this now. I'm not putting you in a cage. We're ending it. And, and I think America needs to get, I hate to say it, but to that level where we start eliminating these problem members of society when they... You know, and they go out and commit these heinous crimes. I mean, there's that guy out there in California uh, who happens to be the world's worst serial killer with like 108 or world serial killer. I think it's 118 or something. It's an absurd number. And and by the way, he's a black man. I mean, I'm not trying to stereotype, but he is a black man. And before that, you had people like Richard Ramirez, who was Hispanic. And you had the Ted Bundys, who was white. So we don't have to pick on race here. I mean, these awful people, they're in every one of our races. Yeah, I don't think the race to. matters when you try it to kill doesn't. people. No, no, I mean, if you're a murderer, guillotine, sorry, I'm still promoting it. Or Coliseum Entertainment. How did you uh, How did you think that went? Did you think that was uh, the right way to do it? The show? Yeah, I thought, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, 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 you know, I'm just kind of shocked at some of the comments still. I'm still like, I get what you're trying to do, but it, it's just, you're throwing bait in the water and the fish don't like it. <laughs> it's the wrong bait. Yeah, it's just it's not right because it's it's not the right information. Now you're going to get angry black people to follow you. You might even get some angry white people to support you. But y'all are just angry. That's the sad part. We're angry too. 
and we're most likely angry and can come to the table if we get these damn politicians out of the way. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, Hopefully that uh, provokes some thought process for our listeners. uh, There's another one in the books. Yeah, buddy. Have a good night, everybody. Hey, this is Captain Morgan. Hey, this is Bradley Weather. Hey, this is Johnny Weather. I know you want to listen to us every second of every day. That's why, because I've got the best prescriptions for you. That is why we made it easy for you to find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, Radio Public, where you can subscribe, share, and give a five-star rating. Because you know life just ain't right without a good government. Granted by we the people. And we're like a dog show. Best in class, baby. I got a call full of girls and it's going real sway. The next stop is the east side motel. We used to chase that tad and lose the freight. Couple of kids in a Chevrolet. It's a little air on the cross tracks. Slipping off something from a paper sack. You hang your shirt on that maple lamp. Slipping through the moon to the river bank. Wasn't very long, I was jumping in, jumping in. Guess I'm still doing now what I was doing then. Chasing you like a shot of whiskey, burning, going.